0: And welcome to No Filler, the music podcast dedicated to sharing the often overlooked hidden gems that fill the space between the singles on our favorite records. My name is Travis. I got my brother Quentin with me today. Surprise, surprise to nobody. Because <laughs> cool it's just me. it's me and you, dude, week in and week out. <laughs> Never a special guest. But uh rarely a special guest. We don't dude, you're my special guest every week. Oh, uh i saw you two days ago that's crazy to me that that was just two days ago yeah man it feels like it was it was longer than that we went to this place i'd never been to in my own backyard it's like a little <laughs> canadian diner called the maple leaf diner it's pretty good it was good yeah they had a lot of, you know of course they had canadian bacon but uh, they had other things that were apparently canadian inspired yeah, they, they went a little heavy on the on yeah. Canada. Right. It's like, uh, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. It was like, like, we get it. Yeah, we understand. Um, but yeah, speaking of Canada, this is a sidetrack. Not not the sidetrack episode like we, we used to do, but like a sidetrack of this conversation. <laughs> Have you seen Turning Red? No. It's good, man. It's the latest Pixar film. It's based in Canada. That's why I'm bringing it up. But... Um, Yeah, it's – the reason I I like it is because the characters and the uh, story and stuff takes place in the 2000s, and these characters are about the age that we were in the 2000s. So, you know, we're getting old, Q, because every – you know, movies and TV shows and stuff are just catering directly to our nostalgia for just wanting to go back to our youth, you know. Yeah, it's been pretty heavy-handed for the last – few years. I'm not I'm not uh I'm all here, I'm all here for it, you know. I yeah. Love it. yeah. But yeah, the character has like a Tamagotchi pet and stuff like that, you know. So nice. he's obsessed with a boy band. Uh <laughs> Billy Eilish and her brother. Was it a guy Phineas or whatever? Yeah, I think so. They wrote wrote the the songs that the boy band is singing in the Pixar film, which is kind of cool. Anyway, all right. So today we are talking about a band called Hum. And this is not their first appearance on the podcast. I brought them as a uh, what you heard a long time ago. Um, I think I may have played a song off of the record we're talking about today, or I may have played one from their previous record. But then they also showed up in my best of 2020 list because after, you know, almost, I guess it was shit, like 22 years, they put out. A new record in in twenty twenty, called Inlet, that was really good. That is quite a stretch, yeah, of of time. Yeah, so for 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 Hum fans, it was you know, it was amazing to to get a brand new record, and one that was really good too. And we're covering the album that that came out just before that one twenty two years ago. So this is the record that they went out on top uh, with, basically, because it's kind of it's considered widely considered to be their best record. And it's called Downward is Heavenward. So uh, this came out in 1998. Uh, before this, they had gotten a little bit of success with this single that they put out called Stars, which was on their 1995 record, You'd Prefer an Astronaut. And are you noticing a uh, a theme here? You'd prefer an astronaut, stars, and you'll hear some lyrics on some of the songs we're playing today that are also kind of space themed they are they're considered a space rock band and so I did a little bit of digging because I was a little bit curious I know we've talked about space rock before uh, cave in a band that we covered maybe a couple of years ago is considered a space rock band but essentially it's just a it's another you know there's multiple like subgenres that fall under space rock but shoegaze actually is considered sort of like an offshoot of space rock if you want to like just group a bunch of genres into into the characteristics that make something a space rock quote-unquote band i think that Uh, makes sense yeah yeah i can see that for sure so like shoegazing uh stoner rock metal and noise pop genres are all kind of under the umbrella so so some of the bands here that i'm seeing here that you know that we're pretty familiar with slow dive so there's your shoegaze, my bloody Valentine, but also the Flaming Lips, which which I thought, you know, like, yeah, of course, they're, yeah, sure, they're space rock. Spiritualized, which we've covered as well. So like the origins of the term is 1960s psychedelic and progressive rock, and that makes perfect sense, right? Yeah, totally, dude. I mean, I just gotta get your take on this, dude, because I don't get this at all. By the 1990s, space rock developed into shoegazing and post rock, with bands such as The Verve. I'm just gonna stop right there. The Verve, Bittersweet Symphony. I uh, see. That's the thing, dude. I bet you The Verve, Beyond Bittersweet Symphony. Who knows what they sound like, dude? That's true. That yeah, because they're somewhat of a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. Which I, I mean, I love that song, dude. It's, it's a great it's song timeless. Sure. you know. Yeah. But so that, uh, so what was the song that played us in? That was actually one of the singles off this record called "Coming Home." So that was uh, pretty heavy on the distortion, and it felt very like grungy and uh, almost like uh, like post-hardcore. Yeah, well, that's the thing that makes Home great. So they are. If you wanted to just throw them into a a bucket, they're an alt rock band, but they have elements of. Elements of shoegaze, elements of space rock, post-hardcore, grunge gets thrown in there, and then on this record in particular, you can see and hear like a hint of emo, a little bit of emo, and mm-hmm. like maybe even the type of stuff that I guess you would throw under like pop punk. Yeah, I'm not saying at all that Hum is a a, a pop punk band. I'm just saying you can get a hint of it if you pay attention uh just in riffs and stuff like that but like by and large these guys they are a guitar driven band and the singer has such a great unique voice because the way he delivers it is very like clean i mean he'll scream occasionally but but pretty sparingly but other than that his voice is like very clean so like it's a good balance and like we talked about this on the Pixies episode that we did. That they were known for the loud, quiet, loud dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that would apply to this band as well. And his voice is pretty clean and quiet most of the time. And are you familiar? Are you familiar with all of their their stuff, uh, their albums? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very familiar with this record. And you'd prefer an astronaut, the one before it. I haven't okay. really given their debut record much listen. It's called Electra two thousand. Came out in nineteen ninety three. I think it's a little bit different. Oh no, dude. There's one before that called Filet Show. <laughs> Filet Show. I just I just get I just Is got that done. like a EP or is that a full length? <laughs> uh it's got nine songs on it. Came out okay. in ninety one. Okay. Well I haven't heard that one yet. But yeah. um I'm curious. Yeah. Hey, let's just, why don't we just fade out with a random song that's not a single from it? I like to do that sometimes, you know, just have a fun little... A random song from Filet Show. Yeah, for a fade out. Yeah. Okay. I just, I'm just curious, you know? I'm yeah. curious how no, how different true. they sounded, uh, you know, in that span of seven years. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um. Well, yeah, let me leave the roster real quick and then we'll just jump in here and start playing some tunes. So, lead singer, name is Matt Talbot. He was also a guitar player. And then there is Tim Lash, the second guitar player. And then you've got Jeff Dempsey on bass and Brian St. or Peer on drums. Well, hey, man, before we, we move on, let's take a quick break. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know... Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The Good news is, therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better, because you deserve to be happy. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. That's BetterHelp.com slash No Filler. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. All right. So we're just going to jump right in. You know, we're going to make this about the music cue. And that's just a way of me saying that I didn't do any research (laughs) going into this episode. But the the tunes speak for themselves. and That's um, what people are here for. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Let's just cut to the chase. So I think I, I may have said this last week, but this is one of my probably top 10 records of the 90s. So just putting that out there. And I think you'll see why that is. And a lot of people kind of consider this to be like a lost nineties record as in like didn't get much attention, but it has everything that, that, that all the ingredients to, to, to make like a hit record. It just never took off. Yeah. And from what I'm reading here, it looks like that single stars from you'd prefer an astronaut. I mean, really just that, you know, they had their 15 seconds because it was featured on Beavis and Butthead. (laughs) And uh, there was some promo appearances on Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, and a few other shows. So yeah, that's kind of maybe a, a, a fluke. Yeah, and they had a music video that people remember. Yeah, tied to that song, but um, which is and the '90s was the the era, you know, that you could really blow up just over a music, uh, yeah, just over a music video. So yeah, well, one of the things, that, I mean, maybe maybe they just waited too long between the the next record to maybe capitalize on that. But from what I understand, uh, they're kind of perfectionists. And much like R.E.M., they are very like, democratic with the way that they write the song. So mm-hmm. they want to have everybody uh, to be on board with, with, with things before they finalize something. And it took them a while to record this record. Um, so you know, they didn't really capitalize on their moment when they had that single but that's okay cuz like what we ended up with is this amazing record so all right let's play the first song here and we're actually going to to play the first track and this song is called Isle of the Cheetah going to play a second clip so we can keep hearing the song because it kind of opens up a little bit more but what are your very initial cool. thoughts q very cool um yeah yeah you can definitely hear where rock was heading was heading I mean, yeah you know, totally yeah which is cool and, I, and i'm i wonder if i mean you mentioned pop punk but i'm, I'm wondering how how many of those early pop punk bands were influenced by the same bands as hum or which ones are actually influenced by hum Mm -hmm. at the time. Yeah. Um, Because yeah, it's interesting that this is, you know, this comes out in 98. We're right around the corner from 2000s era emo. And, you know, we're a few years out from grunge. So yeah, rock rocks evolution was changing a little bit, but you can hear how they have the kind of their foot. In both camps, right? Especially with... Yeah, definitely. With the the grunge elements that are still there, like right beneath the surface, you know? So, um, yeah, let's pick it up here real quick. So this is, you know, what a a great record opener, right? Because it's got that slow build, kind of starts quiet, and then the guitars come in, and his voice, like I said earlier has this very quiet, clean delivery to it. He doesn't have any sort of like distortion in his voice or like uh there's no there's no screaming most of the time on this record. It's very and calm. Very calm, yeah. And, not, that, and you know, that, not not a lot going on there. I mean, and I don't mean that in a, in yeah. a way, but yeah, it's just very sure. like calm. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it's a good and, and yeah, that's that's kind of the the balance that that their guitars and his voice have, like pretty consistently throughout this record too, and and their previous stuff. I mean, that's just one of the things that makes them interesting. All right, let's pick that up uh, again. This is uh, Isle of the Cheetah.
2: let wait
0: had to let that guitar uh play out there for a little bit yeah i love how it just kind of uh you know the guitar chaos i guess that's happening in the background is just sort of building and layering on top of each other and uh you know they're 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 doing like sonic youth style like uh you know chaos right not to the extent necessarily that sonic youth did it but i mean you know creating this sort of this uh very loud, noisy, not necessarily a wall of sound, but kind of, I mean, this wall of guitar, at least. Yeah, Which I think is really cool. And the whole time, his voice is that calm, sort of quiet. And what he's singing about is love, too. It's what it sounds like. His voice, his voice really is, um, and, and like his vocal melody, very pop punk and emo. Like the stuff that was just around the corner. Uh, so how excited were you when you press play on this record and this is track one, you know what I mean? Like how stoked were you? You dude, you know, you're in for a ride, man. You know, you just like, just, yeah. Strap in. If I remember, uh, I I think this album must've been the one that really like sparked your curiosity to start digging a little bit deeper for, you know, for nineties alt rock. Yeah, I think you're right uh this was around the time that i think you know we were still doing we yeah week weekly what you heard um and yeah every week i'd be bringing a new 90s alt rock band that i'd never heard it before and yeah i think this this was around that time because like it's one of those things where well, what else am i what else am i missing you know what what did i miss yeah, right right i'm actually i'm gonna because this reminds me this conversation is perfect for this i was reading some reviews of this record uh today and i know we've quoted these guys before Sputnikmusic.com. it's like a music review site and uh this is it right here man he says i had never really heard of them until very recently and now i'm angry that i was not let in on this little secret (laughs) and yeah that's (laughs) sometimes you you do kind of get mad you're like what the how have i it happens how have i been on this earth for so long yeah. And just now finding out about this band, you know? I'm kind but, of feeling that way about the album we're covering next week, the debut album from Lush. Like, yeah. How did I miss this? Right. It's Lush. Like, I know about Lush. How did I miss this? If you're only hearing what, what MTV or the radio stations at the time were playing, you're going to miss it. Yeah. You're totally going to miss this stuff. It's just not going to pop up on any radar. So yeah, now hopefully you know this is the first time you're hearing of this band and 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 um, you're also uh, you know getting let in on the secret as that guy said. All right, so let's let's move on to the next track here. Now these next two songs that I'm playing are just a blast. They're a blast, dude. These are some fun songs. That first song, "I Love the Cheetah," a little bit of a slow build, you know, kind of like an epic type song. It was like almost seven minutes long. It's you know, trying to do something different than these next two songs are doing. So here we go. We are going to play the, the uh, third track on the record. This song is called If You Are to Bloom. treat man love it why that wasn't blasting at the at the the loudest you know volume out of every radio station in america who knows isn't that interesting to think about how like if you know if this did become a hit uh, any of these songs from hum you know like how different things could have been just in general for you know for like the the trajectory of of what continued to be popular in rock you know because right right after this it was it was Jimmy World that you know that that style and wave of emo and and pop punk yeah right well i mean i mean like we were saying hum is kind of there's elements of that in this music but yeah who knows who who would have heard this song had it been a single and had some Airplay and maybe some MTV play. I feel like we would have been all over this if we. Just I think so about. too. Even yeah. in '98, I think we would have been into this. Yeah, we were definitely the right age when The Strokes is this hit hit, and Jimmy e World's Bleed American. That's when I remember paying attention for the first time to music, dude. And and one year after this, there is nothing left to lose. Came out Foo Fighters. Like, can we just give a, a quick like. Can we just give a quick, like, uh, moment here to mourn the loss of Taylor Hawkins? Yeah. Dude, I mean, yeah. like, what a tragedy. <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, and he just, you just feel sorry for Dave more than anybody, right? Because this is this, you know, he almost lost Taylor Hawkins. I don't remember the year, but I think it was- He did. It was early on in the Foo Fighters, and he, he I, th- I think I don't he, think it was that much longer after There Is Nothing Left to Lose came out, so it should yeah. be like- nine you know 99 2000 around that time just when yeah. like there was kind of a a tiff in the band when you know, like Dave Grohl started doing stuff with Josh Homme and Queens of the Stone yeah. Age yeah yeah and um but anyways like you know who else could have filled who else could have filled those shoes Yeah. Dave Grohl's shoes yeah. as a drummer yeah and um you know I know I've seen Foo Fighters at least twice so I've I've you know been in the same Uh, room as as taylor right that's something you always got to think about what a like energetic and fun like force of nature yeah (laughs) you know like a musical presence him and dave were such perfect like partners in crime right yeah dude yeah it's it's tragic and they just came out with that movie i haven't seen it yet but it's uh called studio 666 have you seen oh oh, right that? that looks like a blast yeah so i mean you know at least we have that Right, like it just yeah. that just came out. I'm sure Taylor is, you know, featured heavily in the movie. So now he is forever on film on a, a movie about a studio run a by Satan or something studio, like that. Man. Yeah, haunted studio, something <laughs> like that. Anyway, yeah, it's it's tragic. But yeah, I was that was the first Foo Fighters album that I fell in love with, and the reason I'm bringing all this up, I think there was a place for a hum and this album and this style of rock in the mainstream. And I think we would have just eaten it up, man. Totally. If, it, if yeah. it was, you know, if it found its way into the mainstream. Yeah. And the thing is, it, it's not like it wasn't on a major label. They were actually on RCA records at this time. So it was on a big label. Someone dropped the ball then Yeah, at RCA. Yeah. Um, also, this song and this album, this music reminded me of what Fiddlehead is doing, um, mm. the album of theirs, Between the Richness, came out last year. One of my favorites of the year. Um, they've only made a couple albums, and they've been around since around maybe like 2015 or so. It's just I, I love when when there's you know torchbearers, people that are they're carrying the the tunage. Along through to the next generation, and they're definitely doing it. And this style of rock is definitely still heavy. Yeah, and there's still a lot of great music coming out in this style. So yeah, that's always exciting. To yeah, see the, yeah, uh, the yeah. The, the sound, the sound continues. But yeah, let me read some of the lyrics too, because that's one of the things I love about this this band. So um, yeah, listen to this here. I dreamt of a jet this high, seeding clouds from the other side. And glowing softly until the underbelly shines, and the back skims through the steam, feeding upturned mouths and sprinkling awake like a dusty sleep you took too soon, and you need watering if you are to bloom. Dude, mm. this—that's deep shit right there, man. Yeah, poetic, beautiful, surprisingly poetic. Poetious. Yeah, I mean that's that's something. So not only do you get tasty jams, you get thought-provoking lyrics that make you sit back and say, wow. I need <laughs> some water if I'm going to bloom. Anyway, I, I love the lyrics of this this song specifically, but um anyway. All right, let's go to the next track cuz I got I got two more songs for us to play here. And again, dude, another one of my this might be my favorite from the record. This song is awesome. Here we go. This is the next track on the record. This song is called Miss Lazarus. got lost man it just got lost in the mix it's not like oh you know it's great great guitar work and stuff but like and eh, his voice just isn't doing it it's like no his voice is great too And the lyrics are really awesome so what is it now obviously dude this is a question for so many records out there that that don't get attention but you know it's it's probably a million things you know so, uh, some RCA the maybe, maybe RCA was, was was too busy, you know. Maybe they already had a few rock bands that they were pushing, and so hum just got pushed to the back burner. I know for a fact that, and this could be part of it, that after this record is when the band dissolved. So, maybe it's like, well, we can't push a band that's not together anymore because I mean, oh, what are they gonna do? Now, yeah. I mean, I, 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 now I don't think they immediately. Uh, dissolved. I, I know they did some press, probably based on their, you know, their contract. Probably had them slated to do press tours and stuff. Because I know that there, there's interviews out there of them after this record came out. But I, you know, after the, you know, it was 22 years until they put out something else, right? Well, and as you, as you mentioned too, they they approached it democratically as well. So you know, if if they just weren't able to, you know, reach, reach some sort of agreement in their songwriting, they just weren't going to do it. Yeah. But basically, it sounds like they were, you know, they just got tired of of making music together. And so that could be part of it. But the band went on to get a lot of, you know, they they gained a lot of popularity over the years. You know, I, I jumped onto the boat a couple of years ago, right? And that, you know what? That's what I love about music and really digging deep and, you know, approaching it as a hobby. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it is a hobby. It really is a hobby. Um, And yeah, you're never going to run out of amazing bands to stumble upon, right? It's a beautiful thing. It's just impossible to to hear it all, right? So anyway. All right, last song here. Uh, And this one, we're also going to break into two clips. Uh, But here's another. This is kind of a... Sometimes it's fun to do this. So we play the first track on the record. And now we're going to play the last track on the record because... Especially back then when you didn't have streaming services everywhere. Bands put a lot of thought into the order of a record because that's how people are going to listen to it. You know, Back then when you couldn't just download the single, right? Yeah. So here's how they decided to close out the record. And uh, this song is called The Scientist's. Love it, man. Love it. I was getting some. Now you're gonna be taken aback, and and you're just gonna be like, "What? Go for it." That the the drum beat and the guitar riffs, the way that they played along with each other, reminded me of some Smashing Pumpkins stuff. Uh, Yeah. Hey, I'm here for it. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like Siamese Dream era smashing which dude i need to give that album another listen like all the way through all the way through hell yeah <laughs> but yeah i was getting i was getting those vibes from it yeah i could see that totally i could totally see that um and you know smashing pumpkins probably you could say flirts with space rock a little bit but maybe more because of the psychedelic aspect of of kind of some of their early stuff but yeah dude Definitely. let me show you this website this is amazing I don't know if this is their official website or not, or if it's a fan site, but I love stumbling upon sites that haven't changed. Oh, I love this in a long, long time. And here is what I love, dude. So this is a H dash U dash M dot net. Fan site for sure. Probably a fan site. It's got lyrics. Oh, it's got tour. Yeah, man, this is classic fan site. of Convenience had one like this up. It was up for the longest time. I think it's, out of commission but yeah but yeah anytime you see a site where the email address is webmaster at (laughs) whatever the domain is Uh that's a relic from the past right there but what i like about it is on the lyrics page he has he or she whoever coded the site has these words uh clickable Mm -hmm. uh and they take you to the definition of the word which uh, he has a whole page called terms because you know that just speaks to some of the vocab words that, uh, so, some of the essay, the SAT words that uh, that Matt Talbot put in his lyrics, dude, what a labor of love this website. Right. how cool. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, yeah. So here are some of the words that are in this song, "The Scientists." Benzene. I don't know what that is. Ampules, ampules, keep, something like keep that. Keep this benzene ring around your finger. Some kind of metal. Espy. What is S Tri- Trilobite? Trilobite. That's trilobite, dude. That's a that's a ancient. Well, let me tell you what it uh, is, Q, because I got this definition right. Any of numerous extinct marine anthropods. Okay? That's the word I was looking for. So yeah. this guy went to college, probably. <laughs> the uh, lead singer of the band. But anyway. Now look at this, dude. This is where you get ready, dude. I'm ready. There's a link down here that says skins. What do you think this is referring to? Uh, Winamp skins. Winamp skins, dude. What? Look at that. You remember this shit? This was the bar, oh yeah, man. I love doing yeah, this stuff. Man. Yeah, dude. I loved it. So this is, this is hum, Winamp skins. Yeah. So this the this uh, fan guy, the, the, whoever made this fan site made Winamp skins. Man, for hum. And here is a Winamp skins. the scientist's skin. For this exact song that we're playing. Dude, when it was so cool. It was, man. I think and this, it's still around. You know what, dude? And I'm sure it's still the same. Here's something that, um, you know, speaking of nostalgia for our youth, the 90s, right? So I subscribe or, you know, I follow like 90s design subreddit, 90s nostalgia, stuff like that. It seemed like, and dude, we were even talking about this with the freaking logo of the city that we grew up in, yesterday, <laughs> just a, a K- text Carrollton, message between Texas. you and, and our older brother. It seems like things were much more colorful back in the '90s and playful. Everything had more personality. Yeah, especially UI like interfaces and graphic design. Everything has become so freaking homogenized. homogenized nowadays, man. Jinx, yeah, dude. That. So we grew up in a, a city called Carrollton, Texas. Mitchell you grew up in Carrollton as well. <laughs> Shout out to Mitch. Mitchell probably remembers the logo, the Carrollton logo. It was like a it was a C, the letter C, but it was made up of like the white like space of like a, a some sort of a bird, like a dove or a something dove, like that. Yeah. Very classic kind of 70s 60s looking logo. It was really cool. And now you look at it, it's literally just some it's probably like some very overused font face. I, would, I, I probably would recognize it if they told me what the font face is because we probably used it at the design agency I work for. And some stupid color, like some little symbol thing that could. It might could, as well be like the Google, some. It could be Google any logo. city in America's logo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, that's. So when you look at stuff like this from the 90s, go to this website if you're out there, h-u-m.net, and just appreciate how the internet used to be and appreciate win skins. Cause that's a thing of the past, man. I was all about it. Like I why, loved. you know what? Why can't I, why can't I, uh, why can't I put a skin on Spotify? You know, why not? There's right. probably ways to do it, but I'm not savvy enough <laughs> to figure it out. Anyway. All right. Let's, let's No, That was, that was a sidetrack for sure. But, uh, Let's pick up where we left off. So again, this song is called The Scientists." Oh yeah, we got a second clip, huh? Yeah, because it, the, there's a great little jam session that happens that I wanted us to hear so we could truly appreciate uh, the guitar prowess of these two guys, because that's what makes them so great. They are truly a guitar band. So here we go. This is the second part of The Scientist's.
2: Take care of you. I will take care of everything. It's too much, here, too late. It's too much, here, too late. We piloted my dance moves to the ground, and I think I see myself again. And the pedal captures all of you And the pedal captures all of you And the middle captures all of you And the pedal
0: Great way to to end a record. What a jam. What a tasty jam. And you know, that was the last piece of music that we heard from them for twenty years. Which is kind of a fitting way to end it too, because like what a great song. You know, it kind of slowly fades out. And now what was the, the ending line there? Too little too late? Too much you're too late. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, great jam session thrown into that the middle of that song. Um, I feel like that's a good, a good, uh, you know, marker of a, a good album ender is you know a good jam session. Totally. But um, yeah, I bet you that's a song that they would close a, a, a set list. You know, because you extend that jam session out as long as you want. You know, you just can kind of repeat that last lyric over and over again. Anyway, great record. Yeah, um, that was four songs off the record, right? Uh, Coming home was the song that we entered us in with. And that was a single, and there was another single called Green to Me. And that's another great song. Um, we could close with that, or we could close with a song from their very first record. I want to do. Uh, I want to do a surprise fade out, dude. All right. So we're gonna fade out with a song. It can't that, be a single, though. That we cannot vouch for. I don't think there's a single on that record. I'll just... You know what? You know what, dude? Here's the song we're going to play. Because it's the first track of their first record. It's called Space Fuck. <laughs> so we are definitely going to close with that. Space Fuck. And the album's called Filet Show. Yeah. Which so I love. Love the play on words. Who there. knows what we're in for here. But <laughs> we're going to close out with Space Fuck by Early, Early Hum. So let's see if I can find it on the YouTube's cuz it's not on Spotify. Well, Trav, let me take a quick moment. I want to give a little bit more love to AKG than I have in the last few months. Anytime you go on a plane, dude, you're always all <laughs> just all hump, uh, you know, hy- hyped up on on AKG cause, Yeah, it it is pretty incredible. Um yeah, I was on a plane for about five hours i was on two planes for a total about of about five hours uh, a couple days ago flying back from texas and uh yeah so we've been generously gifted the akg podcaster essentials kit but this is the all-in-one podcaster kit dude it comes with the akg lyra usb microphone comes with the akg k371 headphones it comes with Ableton Live Lite uh, 10. It's the 10 edition, which is a audio production software. And I didn't even realize this, dude, because I, I didn't use it. But it comes with a free, uh, the Berkeley Online introductory, introductory recording course. It comes with a course to get you all squared away to start recording. And, yeah, I can wear these headphones... For five plus hours, all cramped into an airplane, and still as comfortable as when I first put them on. It's kind of ridiculous, man. I can tell you that's not the case for all headphones. So no, you know, I wear I wear my headphones for hours at a time every day, and sometimes they get they get a little uncomfortable, and they are. I mean, how are they feeling right now, brother? They're okay, (laughs) but um, you know, for another hour from now, I'd probably be. You'll probably be feeling the, the pain a little bit. So, not the case with these AKG headphones, dude. And, um, I mean, really, this is if I knew about this kit before we started this podcast, I would have been all over it. It's a very fair price for what you get. And, I mean, this is this is studio quality stuff here, dude. I love, th- I love this microphone. I can't get enough. Of it. I love the design. Uh, I love the, like maneuverability of it, the way you can kind of rotate it around 360. Uh, It's got front and back uh, and tight. It's got front, front and back, tight stereo and wide stereo recording modes. So you can even, like I could record this with another person and do like an interview. You know, if I ever have someone in this house sit down and record with us, I can just use this one microphone. It's pretty dope. So, Again, that's the AKG Podcaster Essentials Kit. Highly, highly recommended if you're looking to start your own podcast. Just go with this Essentials Kit. It's a no-brainer. So yeah, as we wrap this up, um, next week we're going to talk about Lush. Another alt-rock, post-punk shoegaze group from the 90s. And we're going to cover... Now, this is something I just found out, Trav. I didn't realize this, but... The album "Recovering" is actually technically a compilation album, but it's their it's their kind of introduction to the U.S. and Japanese markets. So the album is called "Gala" or "Gala," however you want to say that. Came out in 1990, and it has, in reverse chronological order, uh, songs from their first three EPs. So it starts with with songs from Sweetness and Light, which came out in 1990. And then songs from Mad Love, which also came out in 1990. And also uh, some tracks from Scar, which was their first EP, which came out in 89. So we're going to dive into the first three EPs essentially here, which is really cool. I didn't realize that. Um, But yeah, this was one of those albums that, you know, as I was listening to it, and it's cool now knowing that that these are songs that, that span a few years. I mean, just how I just wasn't expecting it. Like I'd, I've heard songs from Lush before, and it was just you know very classic shoegazy dream pop stuff. But this compilation record and you know their early stuff was was a lot heavier. I mean, I don't know how to describe it, dude. But you listened to it with me, and um, yeah, man, I'm I'm excited to dive into it and talk about it a little bit more on this. podcast because it just it really threw me off and i was well it makes sense really digging it yeah it makes it makes sense that the songs are so wide-ranging because it's not you know this is a compilation so it's the band kind of through through you know several years of making music and stuff and this was their this was america and japan's introduction to to lush so i mean that's a pretty smart move i think uh, you know, it's just like, you know what, here's, here's all of our favorite tracks from, from our, our first three EPs all thrown into one. And it, and it did really great on the billboards and all that fun stuff. So anyways, we'll dive into Gala. I'm going to go with Gala. Compilation record by Lush that came out in 1990. And not sure what we're, what we're going to do after that, but we're going to try to stick in this pocket for as long as we can and just dive deeper into 90s alt rock I mean, I, I for as long as we can, dude. You know, yeah. There's just so much out there to discover, and such a wide range in sound in that era. We could just continue to to discover bands, and I mean, I feel like at some point we need to change the name of the <laughs> of the podcast. Yeah, No Filler '90s. <laughs> yeah, not the '90s edition. Uh, so Travis, where can they find us? Uh, well, if you if you pull up Instagram search for no filler no filler podcast you'll find us there and that's a good place to get in touch with us. That's about it really um, <laughs> as far as uh, what you'll get out of following us on Instagram but if there you know if there's a listener out there who is as big of a fan of music as we are and has some free time and would like to help us out we'll take any help we can get if you want to help us out with our Instagram. Like Travis said a few weeks ago, we'll give you the keys. Yeah, we'll give you the keys to the Instagram. We'll let you, you know, we'll we'll ride shotgun. We'll let you yeah. steer. We'll, we'll let you steer this puppy if you want. So that's at No Filler Podcast is, is the handle. And we're also on the Pantheon Podcast Network, the network for music lovers. There you can find a lot of fantastic music-centered music centered podcasts we love being a part of the family you can find us at pantheonpodcasts.com or at pantheonpods on instagram and uh yeah next week we'll cover lush travis uh what song are we fading out with from filet show the name of the song cue is space fuck oh that's right how could i forget so from track one they were leaning into the space rock genre with the song that doesn't even try to hide it i mean they just went right up the tailpipe with it dude yeah all right well until uh until next time my name is travis and i'm quentin talk to y'all later